Welcome to this week's podcast. Before we begin, we would like to give a very short disclaimer. This was our very first podcast that we actually ever recorded. And yes, we had a few technical problems and the sound quality isn't as good as we'd like it to be. However, here at Ladies Let's Talk, we have a philosophy of not letting perfect get in the way of possible. So we decided to forge ahead and release this episode anyway. We hope you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. We are five everyday women helping each other to grow, learn, and above all, supporting each other unconditionally to live our best lives. We understand that not everyone has a connection like ours, and our intention is that by sharing the ups and downs of our lives with real, raw, honest conversations and plenty of laughs, we can help you to become more of who you are, help you to stand up, walk taller, look the world in the eye, and know that you are enough and you are worth it. I am super excited to be introducing today's extraordinary guest, who is a very dear friend of mine and has been a personal mentor to me for the past two years. Born in the Philippines and moved to Australia in her early childhood, she has faced a huge amount of personal childhood trauma. However, she believes that these experiences have shaped her into the person that she is today, a person who is able to assist others to process their own personal traumas and struggles so they too can live the life they were truly born to. Grace Black is the epitome of a multifaceted modern woman. She combines the corporate world, personal development, spiritual growth and connection, and being the mother of four teenage sons. She is constantly evolving to create a well-balanced and meaningful life. Grace is currently the manager of WellSafe, a minister at City Awakening and Awakening Within, and I'm super excited to have her join us on today's podcast. Today, we are talking about the drama triangle, what it is, and how we can use it to become more aware of our emotional triggers, and also how we can use it to become better communicators. Grace, welcome to our podcast, and ladies, let's talk. I'm highly honoured, ladies, and um, so far, it's so much fun. (laughs) Awesome. So I guess the first thing is Mel and I have done a little bit of work on the drama triangle. I've done it with you, so I know what you're going to speak about. But our other ladies haven't really got an, uh, too much of an idea about what the drama triangle actually is. So can you explain to us what the drama triangle is? Sure. purpose of the drama triangle is that, you know, we all love stories. We all love dramas. And we all love watching movies. And the point of the drama triangle is that Um, You want to be able to emotionally detach to whatever circumstances is happening around you. And to be able to do that, um, I'm not sure where you guys are at, but if you've learnt about personal development, um, the first thing is being aware of your actions and also being an observer, a really good observer of what's happening to yourself and all the surroundings around you and also the dynamics of what's going on with the people. So To put it simply, if you really, for example, as a family with children, how do you get yourself out of that drama being caught up in the children's teenager stuff? Grace, if you can help me there, oh, my Lord. I have an 11 and a 13-year-old. I'm always in the triangle. Yes. How do you refrain yourself from yelling and, and screaming at them and also, how do you empower yourself first foremost and how do you empower your 13-year-old? 
and how do you um so you're asking all these questions because the drama triangle you want to get out of the karma wheel so being in the karma wheel how do you become an observer because then you're you're kind of integrated mixed up with the whole thing it's like baking a cake <clears throat> to be able to bake a chocolate cake you've got to know each and every ingredients and then you mix it up later and so by knowing what the ingredients are you know what the effects are so if you know cause and effects laws of attractions um it's all about what am i going to do if i become this kind of um if i'm caught up in that triangle so basically that's it you want to be out of the drama to be able to give yourself a solution to the problem to be able to respond to a solution better yes so when you said you said karma wheel what is a karma wheel a karma wheel is a karma is like whatever you've done whether it's good or bad mm -hmm. or ugly whatever there's a repercussion there's a ripple effect so there's a cause and effect to all your actions your thoughts yes. and uh, what you said to such and such mm. Mm. okay so grace what are the components of the drama triangle sure so as it is it's a triangle um so the triangle there's three characteristics to it one is a persecutor one is a rescuer and the other one is a victim now <clears throat> the point of the the triangle is you either become one of the three characteristics now to get yourself out of that triangle you must come into centeredness and there's a process to do that ah. so if you're going to be one of the character or per personality and um, you just there's a vicious cycle you got you just spinning between that and you can play one part to the other you can go from a persecutor to a victim to a rescuer and so forth and the point of that is how do you get yourself centered how do you get yourself out of that drama so that you're able to say Mel's 13 year old we, we can use your um 13 year old and it's you know what go for the 11 year old Oh, 11 year old. Okay. <laughs> the 11 year old is the daughter. So there's likely say, to be yeah. more drama with the daughter as she gets into those lovely teenage years, I'm sure. So this is good time to practice now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because the intention of the triangle is at the end of the day, we all want to live and breathe unconditional love. So we don't want to judge the other person, and you certainly don't want to judge yourself. You want to love yourself enough so that you're able to love whoever is whatever the drama is being created before you. And so if we can, if we're able to detach from all the emotional attachments to the whole thing and to be able to look at it level-headed and without any attachment, without being traumatized with either yourself or the other person, and then you must be able to process where you are, embrace the whole thing in order to come into the centeredness of it. Okay, so do you think loving yourself is, is one of the biggest things? Well, rule number one is know yourself, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Exactly. That's wow. scary. Mm. When you talk about the different components of the, the triangle, how does each one of those components benefit us? Because obviously you said we can be all of those things and we can actually spin in each, we can go from one to the next to the next. So how does it benefit us being in one of those points of the triangle? Sure. First thing to do is really being aware, isn't it? And so, for example, getting to know who you are is what sort of stuff do you love to do? What sort of stuff do you hate to do? 
And so embracing every part of the three triangle, the three different personalities, you get to know what's what. So the benefit of that for yourself is it's okay allowing yourself that if you become a persecutor or a victim or a rescuer, it's actually okay to embrace it fully because then you understand its personality. It's like getting to know someone. It's classic, the beautiful thing about children is you love them, but you hate them at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to kill them? You want to kill them sometimes. Yeah, you want to kill them sometimes and then, oh, aren't they so cute and so adorable. Have you been at my house? <laughs> Mel, I have four children. Oh, oh, Lord, I've only got half your problems. <laughs> but in saying that, Grace had four boys. She never had the drama of the girls. So, And I think that brings in a whole new dynamic to, to that process. So, Especially um, the thinking that you think that girls have more drama than boys because you would be surprised how much drama boys have. <laughs> yes, yeah, that is absolutely. such an assumption. And totally. Because we're all boys. Yeah. Oh, I've got two boys. Chrissy's got three boys. Yeah. yeah, so that's an assumption that I probably shouldn't make. However, <laughs> having come from a family with boys and girls as well, uh, and I have two sisters and a brother, I understand how much drama a girl can bring to parties. So, um, Vic has one of each. Yeah. She's a she's a five-year-old going on a, I don't even know what, what would we say, Beck? 35-year-old? Possibly. <laughs> so, so Beck, this is great for you as well now because as your children um, grow into those teenage years where challenges may arise, and I'm not going to say that they will, but let's say they may arise, these will be some really great skills to take into those years. So you had a bit of time to practice. Mel has a lot shorter time to practice. So Grace, can you give us an example of being in one of those personalities and how that, how you can observe that, be like feel it, be part of it, and then move back to centre? Sure. Well, let's get a live um, example. Uh, Mel, you want to do your 11-year-old. Well, this is probably both of mine and they're sitting at the table here with me at the moment, so I probably need to be careful what I say. Um, <laughs> but a common issue that we have in this house, and I know that not every mother is feeling my pain right now, is stuff being left around the house. School bags are just left in the corner. There's books everywhere. There's shoes. There's socks. And I will say to my kids, pick up your shoes, put them in your room, pick up your shoes, put them in your room, pick up your shoes and put them in your room. And it gets to the point where I eventually lose my shit because I've now asked 15 times for the shoes to be put in their room and, of course, they haven't been. And so I'm completely in the freaking triangle screaming my head off because, like, I'm so frustrated from asking time and time again. Like, how do I stop the frustration? Okay, well... That's a great example because we all suffer from that, don't we, as mothers? Uh, Nolan, Nolan has got the privilege not knowing that. But, well, for example, with my four boys, when they were a little bit younger, um, I used to do that as well, go crazy. But I taught them the triangle in that the first and f first thing that I always look at is why am I reacting the way I am? Why mm -hmm. am I... It, why is it driving me crazy in the yeah. first place? Um, and it's driving me insane and it's really annoying me that my child is not picking up their shoes. 
So that's the first question I ask myself. And then, <clears throat> so as you're like, as you're talking there, Mel, your voice became stronger and stronger. So become, <laughs> so that's a classic persecutor. So, uh, you know, when you think about the court, um, a barrister arguing their case, the persecutor will always point fingers and will find a way to make you feel guilty. Because being a persecutor, you, uh, whoever you're addressing it to, like your children, pick up that stuff or else this is the consequences. Is, if, you don't, if you don't pick it up, if you don't clean up your room, this is what's going to happen to you guys. So then you become that persecutor. And so what happens to your children is in that drama triangle, they become the victim. So because you're attacking them, so the persecutor's personality is their attackers and they want to make you feel shame and guilt and, um, and uh, you know, really feeling bad about yourself. So all those things is happening to your children. And so being a victim, your kids were like, oh, mom, but, you know, you know what I had to do? Uh, uh, but my, my brother was just picking on me and blah, blah. And so the whole thing plays as a victim, yeah? <laughs> so the victim's like, oh, ma but, mom, you know, you know what it's like and blah, 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 blah. So you can imagine that the victim being in the pit and then trying to defend. And so... <clears throat> So you're swinging in that and then because your mum kicks in, your motherhood kicks in, you're like, oh, I'll get it, honey. So then before you know it, you've come into the rescuing mode. So you've gone into the other side like, oh, okay, that's okay, honey. Oh, I understand. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, your brother was bashing you up and you're bleeding and, uh, you know, he, he was picking on you and I can see your emotional So That's okay, honey. Let, let's just... Let's go and do it together. So before you know it, subconsciously, you become the rescuing of that child. So your daughter's like, oh, happy as Larry, uh, smiling, and she's okay. And sorry, then sorry, it's totally normal then to switch between the points on the triangle. Absolutely. Because I think from there I then go into victim mode of poor old me, why does mum have to do everything, yeah. yada, 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 yada. Yeah, so you started with being a persecutor. Then you became the rescuer and then the victim. So you can go operate from one to the other in, in milliseconds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, in milliseconds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, and yeah. it goes really, really fast. And then, before, and then before you know it, your whole past comes up as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, this happened to me and mom used to do this to me as well. And all these memories rise up and then your wheel goes faster as well. It should be called a vicious circle instead of a drama triangle. Yeah. Well, when, when, it, when it spins really fast, it goes into a circle, doesn't it? Yeah, you think of a triangle spinning fast, it looks like a circle. So, yeah, I guess that's exactly what it does, isn't it? Yes. So, so yeah. what you're saying basically is the point of each of those components, like Mel's, she's gone from persecutor to, to rescuer to victim, is observing each one of those components and finding a way to get back to centeredness. So what do you mean by that? Okay. So being centre, so if you look at the picture of the triangle, so if you put a circle in the middle of it, a circle is really infinity, isn't it? There's never ending. And so being centred is that you're removing yourself from one, from one of those personalities, one of the three personalities. So the point of it is getting yourself out of it so that you're not affected by it, and whatever the uh, your child, for example, in this case, whatever your child, they'll swing from the one or to the other, but you're not. You're absolutely centred. 
and your emotions is calm, you're at peace, your meditative role, you know, your namaste and all that jazz, and you're in the praying mode and you're happy. And it's not affecting you regardless of what your children are doing, your spouse, your dog, you're actually in your bliss because you're in the center. Okay, so this is all really easy to say while we're sitting here in our little calm around the table, everybody's feeling great. Yes. But how do I stop myself in the moment? Because I know that there's that time where I'm just like, like I just find myself going into that persecutor mode because if I don't, nothing will get done and I'm going to have to ask another 15 times before anything even happens. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's really easy to sit in a controlled environment and say let's just get our zen on and let's just sit in our meditative state. But, but I mean, and mums will, I know mums will be hearing me here, is that when I get home from work and, you know, the kids are home from school, there's dinner to think about, we've got homework, like there's animals to be fed, like there's so much stuff going on. Where, like, can you give us some tips for pulling ourselves back into that Zen mode when we can feel like, holy crap, I'm getting in the triangle here and I need to come off it? Sure. I mean, that's a, that's a wonderful example, Mel. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, because as I say, all mums go through that and we're very busy people, especially if you're working as well. So really the first thing that you do is, again, being aware and knowing who you are, knowing thyself. Rule number one is knowing thyself. And to get into the centre, whether we like it or not, there is a process and it's called pain. (laughs) How much pain and how much trauma are you able to receive in yourself and creating all this drama until you've had enough? When is enough is enough? So that's the first point of call is really trauma of the whole thing you know what I've really had enough I'm sick of my children doing this they're not listening to me rah, rah, rah. how do I improve myself so really you've got to come to a point of I've had enough and I want to change and because the triangle as you said it's not an easy thing to do it's it sounds so simple but you know, when you start doing it it's hard as anything it's so challenging and now uh, you're cursing yourself all the time. You're feeling guilty. Then you you put yourself in the victim mode. And then because you're in the victim mode and you're seeing all the personalities, then you become the persecutor. And then it's just like it's a cra- you've just created yourself a, a vortex of craziness. So really, the first really the first thing is coming into awareness of how much do you really want to change? How much do you? This is really not working for me. Like, um, um, Beck, Beck, Michelle, Michelle, sorry, Michelle, (laughs) Michelle was telling me earlier about her exercise. I asked her at what point, you know, what made you start, um, doing your exercise and doing the Mm -hmm. challenges? Well, it was simple. You know, I really want to get into the a sense of peace in myself. I want to start feeling good. I want to start looking after myself. So this triangle, um, how much do you really want to get out of the drama of life? You know, when do I, I don't want to be affected by this anymore. I don't want to be screaming at my kids all the time. When do I stop? So you've got, you've got to come to that point because otherwise it will be all intellectual. It would be all mind thing and we know what happens. You know, you think about it, 
but you're not going to do anything about it. So there's a difference in thinking to actually doing it. I think that's a, brill- a, a brilliant point, Grace, because I think some people, and I know like I, I absolutely used to be one of them, and I'm, this is one of the behaviours in myself that I'm trying to change now, is people are addicted to the drama. Yes. Like I could name a lot of people in my life who are addicted to the drama and they are addicted to playing their part on the triangle. So, I, you know, I guess that comes back to that first rule, isn't it? Know thyself. Yes. Is being aware of that behaviour yes. um, and, and seeing those patterns in your life of I'm just creating the drama because here I go again because for whatever, like, I mean, I guess... They always say that the behaviour that we do, we get a payoff in some way, whether it's a good payoff or a bad payoff. You know, sometimes subconsciously we, we, we look for those bad payoffs just to, I guess, reinforce how we feel about ourselves or let's not even go down the I'm not enough trail today because that's oh, yeah. a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess let's go back to the example that we've got, which is Mel having to pick up after her children. And a, a really important point that Grace made was why does that annoy you? You know, what is it about that behaviour that really sets you off? And I think it's that that's a key thing when you are triggered by something is what is it about that behaviour that gets you going? Yes. You know, you know what I think? It's because I don't feel valued and I don't feel listened to. And that, like, as a mum, again, you know, you come home and my first thought when I get home from work is, oh, my God, what's for dinner? I need to start preparing that and I need to start looking after my family. But what are they doing to look after me? So can you just hear yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody hear that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a beautiful 11-year-old vacuum to the floor today. I've just got to oh, say. Oh, like cotton socks. <laughs> what did she say? So, Mel, did you just hear yourself what you just said? Yeah, I'm not feeling valued. Yes. So where are you in that triangle? Victim. Yes. And so because you're rolling in that victim mode, um, you're going to lash out, aren't you? So your automatic reaction will become a persecutor and guess who will be the target? Because you're not feeling valued and you're not feeling special and no one's giving you a fair exchange of what you're actually doing. So your first target will be those kids and your spouse perhaps. Oh, yeah, he wears it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so really at the end of the day, it's not about those shoes. It's not about those towels, clothes that's being thrown around. It's how much, what you're feeling inside of you. You become a victim. So outside of the, the, the drama triangle, we've got, we all play this role, the rescuer, the victim, the persecutor. I can see myself being that vicious circle in this, in many situations um, with my kids, with my partner, with my life. Outside of that, you said that we need to know ourselves and remain in that calm state. I'm struggling there as to know where I'm supposed to be like in a situation like Mel, like I have a, a, a little board where my kids have their little chores, their charts that they need to do. Um, and, like Mel, asking, 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 can you guys do this stuff? It doesn't get done. So we go back to this um, triangle of, you know, me being the, the persecutor all the time. Okay, so you're struggling where you are and how to get into the centre? Is that your question? Yeah, basically. 
Okay, so what is the struggle for you, Beck? We can just keep running with the the picking up of the shoes because it's uh, <laughs> my kids are little too. It's it's an Australia wide problem, isn't it, Beck? Like <laughs> mum's everywhere are going. Aha, you at my house? Okay, so your action there with what you just heard. Which personality are you in those out of those three? Well, I play all roles because I'm the persecutor because I'm asking them to do it again and again and again, and then. I'm, oh, uh, the, I then become the rescuer, then I become the victim because exactly the same situation. Why won't they listen to me? Every single day we go through the same situation, the same questions of please put your shoes away. Yes, and then you run around in the end, you know what, to have peace, let's just rescue them and pick up all those shoes. Yeah, yeah and you do, it, you do it yourself. I do so many things myself now as a mum because it's easier for me to do it myself than it is to ask anyone else to take responsibility for their own shit, that I am, you know, I'm the one that's lacking. I'm the one that's lacking in time and enjoyment because I'm constantly the one doing all of the stuff because these guys, they are taking their responsibility. So the struggle that I will point out to you, Beck, is that how do you come into centre? How do you stop playing those drama personality roles? And because I'm so busy and my kids are still little and I've got so many things to do and so many things happening, how do I get myself into the centre? Yes, that's what I would like to know. How do I get myself there? <laughs> and I think that's the million-dollar question, country, right? <laughs> I think that, that probably every mother on the planet, I don't think this is an Australia-wide thing, I think, and I'm not yeah. a mum, so I'm, I'm, I'm speaking for all mums out there, but... Um, I think it's a global question, right? Absolutely. You're totally off the triangle, Nolene, in this situation. You, you're oh. our little unbiased off the triangle. We need yeah. you. See, I have a ch I have problems with shoes being left behind, but I can't keep telling myself over and over and over, <laughs> over my own, right? Because you know, where do I sit then? <laughs> but it is it is um it's it is that. And it's the fundamental core of what this drama triangle is about. And how do we bring ourselves back to centre? when we've got all of this shit going on. And, you know, I, I don't know that it's an easy thing. It's not an easy thing. I know that, that for a fact. It's not easy to bring ourselves back to centre. But are there some tools, Grace, that we can, that you can share with us that help people get to that point or actually start working on themselves to find that centeredness? Yes, um, I call it the collapse. So to simplify it, um, as you know, Emotions is just pure energy, yeah? So whether it's negative or whether it's positive, it's one or the other. There's no in-between. The only in-between is you neutralise your emotions. So whether you feel resentment or whether you're infatuated or in love with something, so you swing from one to the other. And so the point of the coming into centeredness is, so, for example, your children with the shoe issues or not putting things away in your own time. So ask yourself, what are all the triggers and all the emotional stuff's coming up for me? So, for example, Mel, you said you, you don't feel special, you feel undervalued. So those two things are emotional traits. And so then you ask yourself, the next question you ask yourself, um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling undervalued and so therefore... Now, this is not an easy thing because Nolene and I, I've worked with Nolene for the last 18 months. 
<laughs> and it's a continuous thing. But anyway, I'll just tell you the principle of it. So the idea of it is if you, um, with the feeling undervalued and not feeling special, would you say that's negative or positive? Negative. Okay. So in order to neutralize something, what's opposite to negative? Positive. Right. So then you bring yourself, okay, this is, again, you're going deep into yourself, asking all these questions. I'm feeling undervalued. So let's take the undervalued one because we can go through all sorts of things if, we, if we're going to say a more trait. So you're feeling undervalued. So the question, the opposite to that, because we want to neutralise that emotional charge that you've had not feeling valued. Well, I guess feeling valued. Yeah, you're not being valued. You're undervalued. You're not feeling special. So you're not feeling um, valued by what you do. You take kids out to, you know, you drive them to school, you do the sports, you do the cooking, the cleaning and all that jazz, organising the whole household. So you know what? No one cares. No one really values what you do. So it's about getting that recognition. Yes. Yeah. 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 All I want is validation, guys. Because I, that just clicked with me just now, just then, like yeah. hugely, because I used to do that at work. I think we do it at work as yeah. well. Oh, well, I'm just going to keep doing it because no one else does and maybe the boss will recognise me and not I'm the cool person type thing. But I'm always after recognition. And then you do that at home too. You want that yes. recognition or to be, like, like you said, valuable. But, yeah, that was just another word. And absolutely. that just really dropped the penny for me just now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Validation. Mm. And you can only do it for so long. Yeah. 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 And then you turn time. into the victim because it's like, I can't do anything right. No one's noticing. I've always done I've always helped people. Always, no, yeah. it was everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was me. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> oh, always me. And then, yeah, before you know, you just gone into these set of few questions. Yeah. And so to do that, so, okay, so undervalued, so therefore if you look at the opposite and trying to bring it to um, neutral ground and so, um, you know, validation, so if we put it together, um, so how the question would be how does it benefit you not being valued? So, Mel, how does it, how does it feel to be undervalued by your family? Because it feeds into that belief that I am not enough and I am not worthy and that, I mean, that that for me is the, the thing that comes up is that, you know, I'm sitting there listening to you talk and I'm thinking, oh, well, it's that easy then. I just need to think that. I am fabulous and value myself and then the shoes aren't going to bother me anymore. But fact of the matter is, is I think we all struggle, well, I know a lot of us struggle with that whole am I enough Am I worthy? Do I deserve it? So as a guideline, to, I'll make it quicker because this takes a long time, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to make it easier for you guys today. Long story no, short, right? Would love this. We want every <laughs> hack you've got. We want every hack you've got, Grace. Like, let's Mate, get through you this. You make me do the long version, though. Hang on a tick. <laughs> we, may, we may have to do a part two on this one. you got time to do the long version. you got no kids, Nolene. We need the quick <laughs> hack. We've got dinner to cook. Okay, so if I was to ask, how does it benefit me? Because I want to bring it to neutralization, okay? Because I'm feeling undervalued, so it's all negative. So I want to bring it first, a positive in, and then um, looking at it in a balanced state. So I'm feeling undervalued. How does it um, benefit me by being undervalued? 
well then it's, it helps me to look into myself. That's one. Mm-hmm. That's a benefit. It, be- it benefits me being undervalued by my family, my work colleagues, because yeah. then it shows me, am I valuing myself? Do I va- how much do I value myself? That's another one. And then it, it gets me to reflect everything that I do. What do I do? Is this for me? Is this loving me? So then you start looking inward and then, am I loving myself? And really, really looking into yourself. Am I valuing myself? Am I putting time in myself? Am I um, spending quality things of the things that I love doing? So then it's really the biggest thing about being undervalued by others is that it it really gets you back to your own path, looking into yourself, looking in the mirror. So it helps you to reflect, why am I doing what I'm doing? It also guides you with what is the purpose of what I'm doing? Why do I need validation? Why do I need this? So really, it's a huge thing of reflection of what's going inside of you. And it makes you really... Look at, look at yourself. So that's a huge benefit. So actually it benefits me by being undervalued because it really makes me look at my purpose. It makes me look at what the things that makes me, brings joy to my heart, brings um, peace into myself. And I don't need to seek outside of the world to find my own peace, to find my own satisfaction and my fulfillment. Because no one can do that. So, Grace, are you saying that it's as simple as, and simple and easy are two totally different spaces here, but are you saying it is as simple as valuing myself more and then because I don't seek that validation of being valued and being listened to and being respected outside of myself, the shoes won't bother me as much? Absolutely. Like, we'll pick on Nolene. Like, for example, Nolene wants a man. Now, if she was, if she was in a space of... Settling Grace, he's got to be good. Okay. Now, if she was in... If her attitude was like, I really want a man, I'm so desperate to want a man, and all that stuff, well, what's going to happen? He's not going to come with her desperation. But if she continues to walk the way she is right now, she's loving herself, she's just embracing the world and she's just going to go out there and adventure and she's fulfilled in herself. So when the man comes along, he'll see Nolene as very empowered. She's not a needy woman. She's financially good with herself. She's not going to lean on me. She's actually can stand her own feet. So she's a total goddess. Rather than a man, like if she was desperate for a man and really wanting a man, he's going to repel from that. So again, the, the opposites, um, you know, the opposites on valuing yourself. So if she really values herself. And not just that, she's not just going to get a loser. If she really values herself, she's going to get a quality man, isn't she? No, no John Smith is just going to walk in or anyone can just walk in. Hey, Nolene, how about you and I, babe, get together? I think you were a really great match. He's going to have to get past all of us too first. Exactly. Exactly. But if, but, but if you're, yeah, I was going to say, if you're betraying that, that you are comfortable within yourself, you're not going to attract a loser because, quite frankly, he's going to be intimidated by that because 
he, he knows you don't need him to prove that you are worth it. And if we go back to the drama triangle, because that's what we're talking about today, if I, if I was stuck in that victim mode constantly, oh, woe is me, you know, I'm, I'm single and nobody's going to love me, all I'm going to attract is somebody to rescue me. And I don't, you know, that's a bad space to be in. I'm either going to attract a rescuer or I'm going to attract a persecutor and both of those spaces are not particularly pleasant spaces to be. Absolutely. So I think when we talk about the drama triangle, that's a really... It's an interesting concept to come back to even when you think about work or, you know, your relationships or in whatever it is that we do because, and this is something that we will go forward with in our, in our conversations as we continue to talk, that we will all, and I can promise you because we do, I still do it. As Grace said, I've been working on this for 18 months and I still do it. We still get stuck in those persecutor, rescuer, victim. But, and as we have our conversations, we'll be able to say to each other, so where do you sit in the drama triangle right at the moment? And it helps people become aware of what they're doing. And this is, I believe that this is our point of these conversations, is that we can help pull each other into awareness. Nolene, you just gave me a massive aha. Uh-huh. And that is that when we are on the triangle and we are like whatever part of the triangle that it is, like if we don't centre ourselves, we're just going to attract someone else in that other space on the triangle that feeds into where we're at. So if I'm in a victim mode, I'm going to feed into the persecutor. I'm going to attract the persecutor who makes me feel like a victim or I'm going to attract the rescuer who's going to pull me out of it. But if I can get myself out of victim mode and just back into my centred space, I'm not going to attract that persecutor or that victim into my situation. Is that right? Gosh, she's good. You're good, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> we love her. Nolene's a good one. She gave me the moment. <laughs> but, is, but is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. So it's sort of too, like you talked about the negative and the positive. So that's going to change, say, like being victim is negative. So switching that into the positive of, you know, you, you talked about being undervalued and the victim and then switching that into a positive is, you know, why why am I looking at myself undervalued and that will turn me into looking at myself, which is a good thing, right? So, and then you make yourself better. So then you're going to get out, you're switching that positive, that negative to the positive yes. and that will help you get off that outside of that triangle. Yes into the middle of the triangle. Yes. Does that make sense? I think it's also really important to remember that none of those points are good or bad. No, yeah. And that's neither what are I'm neither are more positive what, or negative. Yeah, yeah. It's the emotion yes. that is yeah. charging that or yes. that's triggering us to yeah. get to that point that's yeah. positive or negative. That's what I was trying yeah. To so yeah. just be really mindful of the fact mm-hmm. that yeah. It's not positive or negative to be a persecutor. You yeah. just are. Yeah. It's just that space. And we've all done it. I can so probably last week I've did quite a few times. Um, but it's it's the emotion that's behind that that we can then associate with a positive or yeah. negative and that's when that introspect introspectiveness, that's a word, yeah. um, comes into play about looking at what those emotions are. Would you yeah. agree with me on that? Yes, because the intention, again, the intent of the um, to get out of the triangle is unconditional love. Yeah. So, again, the first protocol is you don't judge yourself. Yeah. You don't judge others. But mm. 
it's yeah. recognizing which part you are. It's yeah. again the awareness, yeah. and there's not like you said, Nolene. There's no judgment, and we we we're coming into unconditional love. Yeah, it takes time. And that was a big one there, wasn't it? Judging others. Yeah, that's a whole other talk. Oh, <laughs> 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 and I think we can go. We just want to go on the triangle. Yeah. I think there's a lot more discussion that we can have around the triangle, but I want to come back to Beck because I know Beck. It's easy for you, Beck, to get lost in some of these conversations because we're all so noisy. Is there anything else that you want to ask Grace to help clarify um, your position with this? No, because I'm pretty much um, I'm, I'm working on the self love. I'm working on the self worth, and I just got to keep working on me. Beautiful. And I guess that's the key thing, isn't it, is that you can't change anybody else. You can only change yourself. So um, if we become more self-aware and more centred and more loving towards ourselves, then the people who are around us will be able to feel that because we are energy and we vibrate that out to everybody. Yes, and you uh, you start attracting different sets of um, friends or as you continue to in your growth... Um, everyone around you changes and shifts. Mm. Don't you, oh, Michelle, I think that would be a good one for you, isn't it? Like look at the new friends that you've made and the new <laughs> lifestyle you're creating and, and what's what's coming out of it for you, I think. You know, leaving a job that was very stressful, very non-social, very non-rewarding. non-rewarding. From a point of need rather than, and it just, it's the same, like when you're a parent, it doesn't, the age of your children doesn't, it's just different stages and different things that you need mm. to talk to them. Your undervaluation is what when they're really young, you don't think that they can understand. But for me, it was about talking to them and actually being honest with them and telling them why I'm so angry. Like, if you want me to stop yelling at you, like, just do me a favour and do what I ask you on the first thing because it makes me feel like this or it makes me feel like this or it would be helpful if you could do this. And as they got a bit older, it got a bit easier to talk to them about how it impacts you or like, because you, you do, I already had started to do like, why am I getting so angry? It's it's a backpack or a like, but for me it was like, well, if that backpack then doesn't get into their room, then they're not going to put their homework in tomorrow. Then they're going to go to school and then I'm going to get a phone call saying, can you drop this stuff off? And I'm like, you're already like 10 steps ahead. So you're trying to minimise that impact that you know because you're already so time poor. And in the end, you've just got to think, oh, well, if they forget it, you know what? I'm not going to rescue them from the teacher giving them detention because they forgot it. That's their lesson to learn. Like, mm. then they will learn that they need to put their stuff away and what I'm saying is eventually going to sink in. Because, mm. And if it doesn't, then they're going to do a lot of detention. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and if they're not learning, then they've got to find a way that it learns. It, it impacts them because they won't be able to play sport after. Do you know what I mean? Like, they'll they learn the consequences, mm. but you have to let them learn the consequences. But as a mother especially, it's a very powerful feeling to play the protector all the time because you mm. want to protect them from everything, but yes. then you're, like, you're trying to protect them from themselves and in mm. the end they don't learn. So it, that, I think, is my hardest. Is My mm. children are older, they're 18 and 21. But yeah, me too. I have found ways to parent them differently, talk to them differently in that one of them 
he's very easy to guilt into doing stuff. Like you can play <laughs> that role so well and he has grown up to be in it. Put you on the triangle, Michelle. Oh, in all of them. <laughs> the bully. It's called the bully. You're going to have fun with this triangle. Oh, it's the yeah. bully and there's no bully in there, but yeah. the persecutor. Yeah, exactly. But then, you know, then you go, because you start from victim going, God, I've not got any time and they just don't give a shit and they're just not, they're not seeing anything from my perspective. But then you work on yourself and find it, I'm not feeling valued at work or, you know, everyone mm. just expects that you're going to come home and expects that it's it's the expectation of how you've grown up, you know, your, your family life. You know, my mum was a stay-at-home mum for a long time, so the expectation was she would always cook and dad would be on the farm working and, you know, and he was very traditional, so boys work outside, girls work inside. So my brother never did any housework or, do you know what I mean? And I was like, mm. oh, I'm raising two boys and they will not be like this. Yeah, <laughs> the same. Right? And yeah. it really does impact the way you you think about it. In that triangle, you are constantly bouncing off. But you do get to a stage where you think, I don't want my kids to grow up like I grew up and I don't want, I want to have a better relationship with them. So then you get to a point, well, at what age do you start to talk to them like people? Like, I, like I grew up in a very disciplined, strict household. Um, you do eat or else sort of thing. There were always consequences. Um, and then I got to a stage where it just wasn't working for my youngest son. It, it just didn't work. And so we had to find another way to, to get him to do the things that needed to make me feel better. But in the end it was like, what does it matter if the backpacks are still there? Like, except that it clutters up the kitchen. So then I'd be like, okay, I need yeah. you to put them away because it's in the road and, you know, we can't all do our things and you need to find your spaces. And yeah, so it was a bit, and it's been quite very different now, like yeah. with work and my energy is so much better mm. and I can already see that responsiveness. Yeah, you think it's making a difference. But yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. both my children, like, do some sort of meditation or do a lot of self-development and they're 18 and 21 and I think Mm. and men and young men um who like and there's a whole other you know you talk about girls and boys and but they they can't those teenage years are just such a a minefield of drama drama and emotion (laughs) but but you'll get the the girls will probably talk about it more or you will see it reactive with boys just go inside because they've been taught not yeah and there's like that's a whole other topic that is a whole other topic yeah but mental health and it comes back to mental health it's your mental health as opposed to your kids mental health so you don't want to make them feel like you're constantly on their case all the time but Mm. yeah So I think that's a great, actually, that's going to lead us into another um, uh, talk, Michelle, because I think that whole communicating with your kids, well, I probably don't need to say anything during that particular (laughs) conversation. (laughs) However, you know, how we communicate with our children and how we communicate with people is a really great topic for a podcast and we'll certainly add that to the list. Nolene, I think you're wrong there. I think you have bucket loads to add to that conversation (laughs) because I know, no, but I know about the wonderful relationship that you have with your parents and with your and with your siblings like speaking from my point of view, I'm totally freaking jealous of the relationship you have within your family that I think you would add real value because of the communication that has happened through your formative years that have led you into the relationships that you have today. Because if I can have a relationship with my kids like you have with your parents, 
oh my lord, like that's hashtag parenting done right, right there. Is it? <laughs> I'll, I'll feed that onto the parents. I'm sure they'll be delighted. So, <laughs> yeah. so we're just about run out of time for today. And uh, I, I don't know about you, big ladies. I want to ask one more question. Can I ask one more question? Quick one. Quick one. Is there any time that, that it is okay to be on the drama triangle? Absolutely, all the time. Oh. <laughs> what are we even doing this for then? Let's just stay on the triangle. My, my question to you, Mel, is can you accept yourself and get, allow yourself permission mm. to do so? Yeah. Can we all share just a really quick takeaway? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because mine was actually just that then, just then and, and before when I had an aha moment. So mine was pretty much accept yourself is my, um, yeah, my big one. Mine will be that not to see it as a negative thing, that it's just a position you're yeah. in, that you work, if you can recognise it, it just gives you growth. Like. Yeah, perfect. Um, for me, I, I guess the takeaway for me is that we are all of those positions most of the time yeah. and it's the awareness. Um, it's being aware of where you are and that non-judgment of that feeling into it, understanding what's being triggered and the emotion behind it. For me, it comes back to what it always comes back to and that is self-worth and I think that I just need to work more on my self-worth and accepting myself um, and a lot of drama, will, well, a lot of the drama that I introduce into my life will disappear. Awesome. Back. I, Michelle mentioned the word guilt. And for me, that is my biggest um, issue that I have is that I fall into all those categories um, and the mummy guilt and then the guilt of not being the rescuer and then the guilt of being the prosecutor. So I've got a lot of work to do on myself. But just being able to acknowledge that uh, those are the positions on the triangle yeah, and uh, the awareness of it now, so... Fantastic. Well, I, and I don't know about you ladies, but I've oh. totally enjoyed our talk today so and good. it's been an honour and a privilege to have Grace here as our guest. Thank you so much for joining us today and remember, walk taller and you are enough. Grace is available for consultation and can be contacted via email at letsconnect at ladiesletstalk.today. Thank you so much for joining us today and we look forward to you sharing our next conversation. Until then, remember... You are enough and you are worth it.